This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What is up, everybody? You are tuned into The 20 Podcast. I am your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider! DJ Spider! That is right. As always, our show is brought to you by BeatSource, the music streaming service for DJs that play everything just like you, just like me. We're all in this together. BeatSource has got all the music that you could need for any and every gig. We got curated playlists done by incredible curators and DJs just like you and me like I said uh, we got custom edits we got songs no other record pools have go on there start your 30 day free trial on beatsource.com and if you want a 60 day free trial use our code the 20 to bump it up there let me know what you think make sure also to rate and review this podcast on the Apple podcast app and help us grow up the charts on YouTube give us a kind comment and a thumbs up you know Help us out, guys. Just just your little support helps us to grow this show, and I really appreciate it. Um, I have spent uh, the past few days hanging with a million DJs. I think I saw every DJ on Earth in the past two days, so shout to all of you. So much fun catching up with everybody uh, in L.A. here at all of these DJ parties I've been going to. Um, yesterday, I was able to see Four Color Zach, DJ Puffy, J. Espinoza, uh, Arcade, Miles Medina, I mean, you know, some of the greatest DJs on earth all together, so that was a pleasure. Um, and today, we have got an amazing DJ for you as well, to be grouped in. Someone that probably all of those DJs plays his edits and his remixes and all that stuff. On today's show, we've got someone that is a producer, a selector, a composer, and so much more. He is described as fearlessly carving his lane in global music culture as a forward-thinking producer, a well-seasoned selector, an independent label boss, and an all-around bad man slash nice guy. And he is all of those things and so much more. His remixes, his custom edit packs are truly unique. I absolutely love them. When he sends it to me, I'm like, let's go. I'm super hyped. And they've become the secret weapon for so many high-profile DJs and tastemakers out there. Uh, I know Walshy Fire calls him the remix god, and there's a reason why. Uh, we talk about his upcoming album. We talk about his recently released singles. Uh, we talk about putting your energy in the right places, which I think you guys are going to get a lot out of, and it's the truth. Uh, we talk about his work with United Masters and the website Beat Exchange, uh, producing custom audio for brands, so many things that DJs can do out there, um, aside from just DJing and utilizing your DJ skills and knowledge to put into all of these other ways that you're able to still make a living off DJing. So you're going to get so much out of this. We talk about his company, Original Ting, which uh, he uses for his label, his music, his merch, um, his dope sweatshirt he's wearing. If you watch this on YouTube, uh, we talk about self-releasing his self-releasing his music, um, his time in the Bay Area, and on and on. So endless gems were dropped on this episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. So please welcome to the show, DJ Theory. Yes. So DJ Theory is in the house, you guys. You, uh, I'm sure many of you know him. And for the people that don't, you are going to learn today why this man has been dubbed by Walshy Fire, the remix god, okay? Hello. He, Hello. Uh, you know, remix god. Blad owl. Give him the blad owl. And, um, you know, he does so much. But, um, you know, before we get into all that, um, how are you and where are you? Man, I'm good. I'm happy to be here. It's another day above ground. I'm grateful. Yes. I'm here with DJ Spider. I mean, come on. We are but, out um, here. I, <clears throat> I am out here in Western Massachusetts in the heart of New England. Um, okay. This is where I grew up and I made a big pilgrimage. Oh, pun intended, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we moved, my, moved my family back here where I grew up um, in 2018 after our, uh, my first born made her way. And um, now we are blessed with one more. So doing the family thing here in Western Massachusetts, life is very good. Amazing. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I knew you, you know, coming up as a San Francisco staple, you know, Bay Area, um, 
legend, as they say. But you, you were there for a long time. And then, uh, like you said, you made your way to the East Coast and it was a whole different thing. And I want to learn so much about how that works. And, you know, I know family life can change a lot of things. I have a kid as well. So you got to do what's best for the fam and, and get settled in. So, um, yeah, but I mean, you know, just for people to know, like you do so much for the culture, you've done so much for the culture, you continue to do so. And, uh, you know, your, your remixes and custom edit packs that you've put out are like truly unique in a world full of, I feel like saturated, similar things out there. Um, Every time I get an email from you, I open up all the tracks and I listen through and they're like nothing else. They're super dope. They inspire me to like want to go play them out and be like, have people go, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? So yep. thank you for everything you you do and continue to do. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I make, I make shit that I want to hear basically. And if I hear a song and I hear it in a different way and it's something that I can bring you know, combine those two things. And then if I'm able to share it with other people, then it's, you know, it's a win-win lately. I've been very poor about sharing them. I'm sitting on quite a lot. Really? Um, yeah, (laughs) but, um, that kind of has to do with the landscape we're in right now and trying to find the best lane for all that stuff. Right. Right. Um, but I have been fortunate to reach so many people like yourself that I look up to who are playing my music and sharing it with all these crowds and, you know, these big rooms and stuff to me, that's, you know, that's the best feeling in the world. So, uh, I do make them for myself, but I don't just selfishly keep them for myself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, thank you. We all thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, your, your stuff, you know, you just have a way of, it's like you, you always have the reggae dance hall, uh, inspired sound. I feel like within all of your your edits and remixes, but you also have that like open format or whatever you want to call it. D, you know, just DJ mindset of music loving and all genres. And you're able to like splice it all together in this way where it just sounds supernatural and it doesn't sound forced at all. It's not like a mashup where it's like, Oh, two different things. It's like, you'll put, you know, I don't know, like a disco song or like the chic, like baseline, but with like dance hall over it. And it sounds absolutely perfect. Like it was supposed to be like that. Dope. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times I just kind of throw shit together and see what happens. And mostly I hear something in advance and it, and if it clicks in advance, I have a pretty good idea that's going to work once I put it on paper, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I read something in your one sheet in your bio um, and I really like the way it was written and the way you were described. It said fearlessly carving your lane or, you know, fearlessly carving his lane in a, in global music culture as a forward thinking producer, well-seasoned selector, independent label boss and all around bad man slash nice guy. Um, <laughs> but I just thought that was dope. Like when we had DJ spin all on the show and, uh, Sick. you know, he's incredible Sick. and from Nigeria and massive in the Afrobeat scene. And, uh, but he's man. a true DJ, you know, and he's a true open format DJ, uh, even yep. being yep. so big in the Afrobeat scene. And to him, he's like, there's no word Afro. I mean, there's no word open format. Like, like my kind of DJ is called a fearless DJ. And I was like, that is the best way to describe it, you know, because that's the true open format DJs or people that are just truly DJing from the heart are the fearless DJs that are not afraid to take chances. And uh, you got to You got to take risks. That's kind of what that means to me. Right. Yeah. And I felt like the way you described, you know, you were described in your bio it was like fearlessly carving your lane. And I'm like, that's the same thing, you know, and that's why your sound is so genuine and so dope. And it's like what you said, you make stuff that you want to hear, which I think in the long run is the best way to approach stuff because you're going to find other people that resonate with that. And maybe not everybody's going to like everything you do, but that's never going to happen anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun to hear what people do resonate with versus what I think they might resonate with, you know? Yeah. Totally. Um, Yeah. uh, I'm not the guy making intro edits, you know, that's not really my thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, knock, no knock on the intro edit guys. No, no. We're, you know, we're in much, we, we all need them. Yeah. We need the intro edit, uh, people. Thank you guys. Um, but no, your stuff is, is yeah, a bit more artistic. And like you said, it's, it's very specialized and, um, 
but I can always find a place for them. You know, whether it's in a Vegas room or in just like a do-over type thing or whatever, your edits have a place like within all of those areas. Sick. Yeah. Sick. Love um, here, brother. So thank you. And everyone should go check out all your stuff if they have not already. And I know you're doing so much more with original production and your label and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so just to, to go back to the beginning of DJ theory. Um, so you were born on the East coast, but you basically yeah. grew up in San Francisco and in the Bay area. That's kind of where your heart lies. No, I, I'd say I grew up here in Massachusetts oh, interesting. and great, greater new England area. So that's like, you know, uh, mostly Massachusetts, but, um, okay. I was a young raver fish kid going to grateful dead, like okay. doing tour thing, all that kind of business. Yeah. And then a lot, a lot of raves, a lot of electronic music was like deeply permeated into my being at a very young age. Right. Um, and that was totally crossed with the reggae and dance hall and pink Floyd and all that business. And then you've got like the Wu Tang and all that thing tribe called quest business happening. So it was, that was like the melting pot of kind of what, what raised me. Right. And then, um, and then uh, in 2000, eight i mean there's a lot in between all of that but in 2008 is when i moved to the bay area and then uh i was there for 10 years and moved back here to massachusetts in 2018 oh crazy okay so i had that wrong sorry but yeah so you were only in the bay for 10 years but i mean I a lot I strong a lot 10, years. 10 years strong yeah. strong 10 years right there <laughs> if 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 a real og sees me as an og then something was right <laughs> yeah you were you were putting in work um and yeah doing you know representing representing for the bay and so yeah, now you're back in massachusetts and um you know i feel like it's kind of a good time on the earth uh to be able to go back to wherever you want to live because digitally we're able to stay connected whether it's like this through a podcast sending your edits out you know recording and then you can always travel to where you are but i know you're doing so many things online um, that you're able to just probably live where you want to live. What prompted the move back to home, you know, where you were originally from? Uh, well, my, my family is still based here, so that was part of it. And after right. my daughter was born, you know, we were looking at other places to live in the Bay Area, and I think you have a good idea of what that looks like. So it's like yeah, it, we, we kind of had some decisions to make. It's like, do we move to, like, the outer Bay Area, or do we kind of, you know, make a much bigger transition? And so that happened. And then, like, a year later, COVID happened, and it was just <laughs> that kind of synchronicity felt felt very energetically right for us because we're yeah. like, we're here, we're settled. Like we're not in a 700 square foot, um, you know, place with our kid. It's just like, that would have just oh. been maddening for us. Just the, just the um, room you're in alone here. I'm going to full screen you for people on YouTube. The room you're in alone <laughs> is bigger than any, uh, San Francisco. <laughs> this is our, old, this was our old apartment or New sure. York place. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. You know? So, 100%. um, um, so yeah. And then, great. and then with, with COVID and, and all of that, um, I made a very hard pivot to just really diving into the, the remote work and music production and doubled, tripled down on everything that I could do from home so I could be with my kids and also make a living. So I'm sure that you can connect with that as well. And just, you know, not needing to be on the road so much yeah. um, was a big plus for me. And I, I don't really want to be on the road so much. And um, all of that stuff really started to make sense for me. So those are all wins in, in my mind. Yeah, no, I feel you. being able to pick and choose where you're going to go on the road. You that's, know? that's the other part of that coin, which is that yeah. I can be much more intentional about the work that I do take on the road and the gigs that I do take because they're things that I, want, I really want to do. I'm not just going out to get a check, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, that's great. And uh, how old are your kids? My daughter just turned five, and she is a newly graduated um, preschooler into kindergarten. She's super duper stoked. Yeah. <laughs> big day. Big day. Graduation. Big, preschool. Big day for mom's crying. Yesterday. We're all crying out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then my little man was born last April, so he's about he's fifteen months, and uh, he's killing it. He's, he's the man. So nice. He's such like a little dude. He's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, my 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 little dude is now big. He he'll be ten he's in a, a couple guy. months, and he's uh in the other room playing Fortnite, which I finally gave into a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I was like, you can't be yeah. sitting there shooting people with guns. Not good. And then I'm like, all right, 
you seem like a good yep. kid. You can handle it. Um, we all break at some point. <laughs> I mean, it's the new way of them hanging with each other. You know what I mean? It's like they're all on this FaceTime, group FaceTime. They're talking in the background, and then they're doing the thing, and that's how you hang now. You know, it's like what we're doing. We're able to catch up digitally, and that's kind of yeah. how they're doing it. What else can we share with the people other than, other than just hanging? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did we get any questions? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got, we got good questions. We got good questions here. We're getting to all of it. But uh, just uh, about your kids, though, like what kind of stuff are they into? Have you noticed, like, are they into music or anything like that? My Dude, the little man is so into music. Anything that comes on that's even music related, he starts. <laughs> that's amazing. It doesn't matter what frequency or genre or whatever, anything that comes on that even resembles music and he starts bouncing. It's, it's incredible. That's, that's great. And, um, yeah. My, my girl is, she's, she's into pop music. She's really into pop music. So right now it's, it's Dua Lipa tones and I, let's see who else. Um, you know, that's good. That's a good kid playlist. Yeah. Amazing. Try to, t- try to take it easy on the Barbie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like a, she has like an arsenal of music now. That's, it, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. No, I feel you. We drove yesterday and I had to listen to all him and his friends music. And I was like, what is this crazy shit? It's like Fortnite yeah. songs and stuff. Um, well, so, so you moved out there, you're on the East coast and like, like you said, you wanted to figure out other ways to, um, you know, utilize your passion for music and all your skills, uh, in order to apply that to business stuff and be able to make money, you know, as we want to do while still doing things we love. Um, and one of the things is that you started a company in 2020 called original ting, uh, which is for your music production, your label, your merchandise and stuff like that. Um, can you speak a little bit more on that? Like the concept of how it started and, and where you're going with it? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, the move back here was, um, you know, I had already been dabbling a little bit in um, composing for brands like as a freelancer through a couple of bigger music houses. And yeah. I, knew that there, I knew that there was something there and that that was something I could maybe really like dive into um, from home. So that was kind of in the back of my mind. And then that kind of, you know, elevated into, well, I really should just be doing my own thing. And so that kind of, that kind of changed my mindset of like, how do I get established into all the things that I believe in and all the, all the talents that I have and to make them into something tangible. So that's how original ting was born um, through, through it being based on original music. So that's kind of where the original came from. Ah, okay. Um, It was also the name that I've used for um, when I set up my BMI, like hella years ago, that was the name that I wrote down. It just like came to me and I wrote it down. This was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and then the messaging behind it now, um, I haven't exactly launched the brand into the world yet. It's kind of just like a small pocket of friends and family. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's essentially about being authentic and following our passions and knowing that we all have greatness inside of us. And it's all about how we, how we move in our day-to-day lives and how we carry ourselves as humans. And also trying to speak to um, creatives specifically and try to try to connect with them because that's who I am deep down. So that authenticity hopefully will connect with others as well and other creatives in the space that are looking for ways to, you know, represent themselves. Yeah. I love that, man. I I love how you approach everything just from somewhat of like a spiritual standpoint or something like, you know, like you, (laughs) I don't know, just the way you describe it, you know what I mean? About being a good human and the way we move within all of it. And like, I just think that's a cool way to approach things. And, um, you know, you're, you're doing a business set thing, but from like, uh, I don't know, like a more spiritual way. Are you like a very spiritual person? Um, Yes and no. Like I, I, so I grew up in a new age bookstore. What do you <laughs> mean? That was, I mean, that was my parents' business. Oh, um, wow. That's for, incredible. For, yeah. For decades. So I grew up in the store. So the, all of the energy of all of those books and crystals and incense and all that kind of business, that was my life. Oh um, my God. That's like my wife's favorite store. <laughs> like yeah, if we ever find a store that. like that, she's buying <laughs> crystals. We're looking through the books. Like, you know, I've, I've was that. learned much about that. But it's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm married to someone that's into all that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, a lot of that is kind of ingrained in my DNA. But, yeah. um, you know, I, in my teenage years, it, you know, 
I went a lot of other directions and right. um, now it's kind of circling back a little bit and I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel that sort of a lot more later in life, especially I've, you know, now being a family man and all of that kind of, kind of connects for me, which is also why I was getting hella burnt out on doing club nights all the time. I was just like, this, this doesn't connect with me energetically like, to a certain extent. Right. Um, but, um, that, that's a kind of a good segue into my album, which is coming up, which is called Everything is Energy. And for me, that kind of is Amazing. just this, this connectedness of everything is just kind of, kind of, it just kind of clicked for me one day. And I was like, this, this is it. Like, I, it can kind of be interpreted in any way that you like, but it connects back to my spiritual side in that I do believe that we are all spiritual beings having a human experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're all just, we're all just big balls of energy. And so it's how we, it's how we connect with that energy and how we share that energy with the world. And what we give is what we get back. So that's, that's really important to me. And if, you know, if you, there's one takeaway from this show, like that would be the thing that I'd like to share. Dude, that's incredible. And it's so, it's something that almost sounds common sense, but is you'll forget about, you know, and, and, or you'll almost like people are trained to ignore like, that true feeling. And like you said, you have to move with the energy. You have to trust the energy inside of you that you're feeling towards whatever you're doing. And if it's not right, it's not right. You know, you can't, yeah. you can try to deny it all you want, you know, but, um, the energy within what you do. And then like you said, just how you move and all that stuff. That's so cool. And so, um, as far as the album, um, I know I've heard a few songs, like I know you just released, um, three solo singles, uh, this year with dope reggae dance hall artists. Um, you had videos I saw on YouTube and I love how you still incorporate the DJ culture within all of that. I know you're producing the music and the music has that same feeling that you do with your, uh, remixes and edits where you're combining the genres of music, um, even through the production, but I also yeah. heard like scratching in there and like stuff like so that. Subtle. Yeah. So subtle, subtle, but, but, but as a <laughs> DJ, I hear it and it makes me like, yeah. it wakes me up even a little bit more. It makes me a little bit more interested in the track, you know? Yeah. You were the very first to, to mention that. So that's dope that you caught it. Oh yeah. I um, heard it. Yeah. Really cool. Um, but yeah, the album I really want to, to, to play as sort of a mixtape where like the tracks okay. really meld into each other and it just becomes this melting pot of genres and frequencies where everything just kind of flows. Like that's what I'm going for. That's great. So yeah, right now the singles are not they're Like I need to do a lot of work on the sequencing end to make it work in that way. Yeah. But I feel like if that's done correctly, it could, it could be super dope. And we come from mixtape culture. Like I right. used to make re real ass mixtapes, like cut and paste, like a hundred tracks, like crazy shit. And I know yeah. that, you know, yeah. so that's, that's where I'm coming from as well. And like, I even pulled up my old, like, uh, 18 track eight at whatever, and just tried to get inspiration from some of that old shit, which I surprisingly still had some of those sessions. Wow. A dad um, life, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that, that would be super dope if the tracks really like, I think it's pretty obvious that I have this DJ perspective when i'm making music but like yeah. to actually have them have, have the album play like a mixtape i think you know it's a, it's a bit of a challenge but i'm down oh yeah i mean even the new beyonce album uh kind of has that mixed yeah, together yeah. feel and, you know and the the weekend album too he's got all yeah. these little like radio interludes and stuff like that might be annoying to people but i love that i show. love it and and to me it's it it you know like relates back to a lot of the stuff we grew up on love like de la soul and all of these wu-tang and these albums that had skits and had it coming together and it was almost like yeah. the album was a movie like you put it on in the beginning and you listen to the end and there yeah. was a reason why there was pieces that were tying it together so i think if you apply that to your album it'll be yeah. incredible yeah do you want to do a skit on my album Yes, <laughs> I do. Maybe it could be our tr us troubleshooting the podcast. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. We'll do. We can do a fake podcast interview or something. Um, yeah, let's do it. Um, and so, are you able to name like who is on your album, or maybe people you want to get on your album, or anything like that? Sure. Um, I mean, the the three singles that were released this year um, were with some pretty pretty prominent artists in the reggae dance hall space. Um, 
the first of which was with Kabaka Pyramid, who's an artist who I, you know, really look up to. And that was just an incredible combination um, to make that happen. And first I got to big up my man, DJ Max Glazer um, from yes. Federation Sound, who really, really um, assisted me with, with, you know, the inner workings of the relationships with some of these artists, because it's, it can, it can get tricky and you can find yourself in the weeds where you're not really getting the product that you want or the relationship that you want. And there's just, there's no harmony there. So, um, you know, I super got a big up max for, for helping with, um, some of those, you know, connecting some of those dots. Right. Um, and so Kabaka was one of those because he had just done this incredible mixtape with him. So they were just kind of coming off of that energy and he's like, man, Kabaka is, Kabaka is the one right now. You got to do this. And, and he hooked it up. So, um, big up Max and big up Kabaka and the Bebel Rock team um, for the tune that we did, which is called Greatness. Uh, I think we're at like 500,000 streams so far, so it's definitely getting some good love. Wow. Yes, sir. Um, Give it a yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Badow. And um, so that <laughs> was single number. <laughs> that was single number one. Um, and then single number two was with. Um, two other artists that I'm super um, feeling right now and are making big splash in that zone, which is uh, Runkus and Royal Blue, um, both from Jamaica and both both killing it in their, in their own right. Um, nice. And they often do tracks together, so they have their own energy that they're used to having. So right. I was like, I want both of you on this, and they were all about it. They loved the instrumental. That came out really well. Nice. That's one where I, it's really kind of spacey, and I want to add some like cool pads and stuff going in and out to help kind of make it that mixtape feel, right? Yeah. Um, and then the third track is with an artist named Suku or Suku Ward. And he's from a dance hall super group called Ward 21, who is responsible for like dozens of all of the biggest dance hall rhythms throughout the 90s into the 2000s. So, oh my God. Um, yeah. So, so he's a producer, but he also has this extremely signature, like baritone deep voice. And he's known for doing these like really big Badman tunes. <laughs> yeah. So he, re- he, I, I knew he was going to be the guy for this one that I had. And, um, <clears throat> one more shout out to my man, DJ lion dub from New York who helped me link up, link up with him for that track. Yeah. And uh, so, dope. and so those are the three, those are the three singles and, you know, these days you can package an album as like five tracks, but I'm really trying to expand on that. And I've have been working on it for years for all my uh, fans out there who have been wondering where it's at. But um, these things do take time. You know? yeah. <laughs> so um, those are three singles. And then those will obviously be on there, maybe with um, extended versions. And then we've got my man, Jadan, also known as Black Amore, who's got a wicked single on there who nobody um, nobody's really heard that one yet. And then I've got a dub mix of that. And then I've got this one killer instrumental that I'm looking for a vocalist right now. I've got some people in mind that I can't really name names for. I've got this Afro house, I'm a piano sort of thing that I've been sitting on and I feel like that should make its way on. But at the same time, I'm confident in the fact that it belongs on the project. It's more a matter of if I feel that I want to put it on, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't have any skits, but I have kind of interlude tracks that are like, instrumentals and then um a couple like bassy banger like halftime drum and bass kind of shit that are just like heavy heavy bass wow oh i gotta hear yeah. that it's somehow it all somehow it all works i promise <laughs> no i'm sure it does i believe you 100 yeah. percent um oh that's incredible i can't wait to hear it yeah i mean it's a daunting first solo project um uh, i also have to shout out on my sponsors who are helping me with this project from the very very beginning they're called arcade of fire they're a, um, a humble based extract company. So they believed in me from the beginning. They helped me with some funding and they're like, we believe in you. We want to make this happen. So I, I really got to shout them out as well. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Ha- people having your back is, uh, Dude, golden. Huge. It's, it's massive. It just lifts you up and makes you feel like, you know, you're doing the right thing. So right. All the people, all the people in my life that support me, I wouldn't be anywhere without them. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. That's so cool. Well, I mean, yeah, people can go check out the three uh, singles now. I'm sure they're on BeatSource and on your page. And, you know, there's videos for them and everywhere. And um, and then we can't wait for the album whenever you're ready to give it to us. Yeah. <laughs> whenever you've perfected <laughs> it. Oh, man. It'll never be perfect. But I, I, <laughs> yeah. I am over that feeling of, like, I need to hang on. It's, ne- you know, 
all the all the little things i'm like i'm at peace with that it's definitely coming out <laughs> right <laughs> yeah yeah don't make it the chronic uh the second chronic dr dre or something no. it never comes out because you can always make another one you know put this out and then you'll be on to yeah, album yeah. two there's always going to be more in front of you 100 percent. album two is in the mix already it's going to be more of a uh, disco r&b house sort of project oh really super Yes, yes. Damn, you're already planning that out? <laughs> that's tight. I have, I have been simultaneously. Yeah. Yes. Good. Well, that's good. The Those idea, both feed into is, your sound, I feel like, so well. Yeah, and I did this mixtape called Dance Hall by Day, which was a combination of disco meets reggae and dance hall. Yeah. And so this is, this is taking that to the next level where I'm going to be working with some Caribbean and African artists on the disco shit, and it's just going to be this melting pot Dude, of cultures i love that like i said that one track with the chic song and the and the dance hall over it like that's super dope and i think i have other stuff from you like that so it's just such a yeah. great combo thanks buddy um and so with the um with your company original ting like what are some cool accomplishments that have happened so far with that? And um, also, what are any struggles or lessons you've learned from maybe some bad things that have happened with it? Right. Well, I'm a one-man team at the moment, so I'm really just like trial and error. I'm just learning everything as I go. So yeah. that, that could be on the label side. It could be on the merch side. It could be on the, you know, building a production house side. It's all, you're looking at it, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, as I continue to scale, all of that will grow. And I do have a few people on my side that are, you know, helping me and consulting me as needed. Um, but, you know, I haven't, one of the biggest tips that I, I guess I could say is that I haven't hesitated to reach out to friends in need when I need support and when I need advice and guidance. Because it's one of those things where people are usually thrilled to hear from you and would love to share that knowledge with you right but they won't do it if you don't ask so it's one of those things where you just got to get over yourself and make the call yeah and you'd be surprised what'll come back you know that's so true yeah you gotta like use your your network and your support system and don't be afraid to ask people for help or reach out yeah. about stuff because it, yeah people can overthink their way out of things sometimes when they could have just like hit the people up or if somebody doesn't I mean, hit you I, back I do right that away too. yeah yeah same i mean it's it's, it's a human being <laughs> I, thing i think i overthink shit into the ground but things are moving so this is the uh this is the first official drop that's come in it's um some embroidery business and oh. we've got a couple extra now extra hit here so you'll be seeing these soon and then um Nice. We're, we're moving into some other products and the music production side of this is kind of, it's kind of like a three tiered beast. It's like the, you know, merch music production and label and, um, the label stuff I'm learning as I go, like I said, um, the music production stuff I was already doing, I'm just kind of packaging it in this way now where I can present brands with this opportunity to have custom made audio for their socials or for whatever kind of campaigns or activations they might be working on. And Interesting. I'm in a very, I'm in a very small circle of that right now. Um, specifically in the cannabis space, um, oh. which has been fun and exciting. And also something that was a very natural move for me because my sound works so well with that side of. Yeah, you know, totally. I, I, I'm honestly not even like a smoker these days, but I come from that culture and I know, I know that vibe and I'm able to, you know, my sound works well with weed. What can I say? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, um, one of the, <laughs> a lot of music does, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the main companies I'm working with is called Canadips. This is them right here. They make oh, I a, just um, saw that recently on something. Yeah. They're super fire. They make a smokeless, um, pouch, that CBD that they ship all over the country because it's CBD. They make they make a high grade one in California, but um, it's a great product. It gets people off um, tobacco, and you know they taste great. And basically, um, I've been working with them for years now, um, helping them craft their sonic identity in the advertising space. And oh, it's been so it's cool. been a yeah, it's been a real pleasure um, building with them and helping them grow because they were growing exponentially, and you know. Part of that involves the close work that we do together, helping them maintain a consistent sound and, you know, giving them dope shit to work with. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was wondering about. Like what kind of stuff were you doing in the custom audio for brands? And, and that's like a cool niche to be in, you know what I mean? With the, in the cannabis space. And it's, that's yeah. obviously, like you said, growing exponentially every, you know, 
there's a new yeah. state opening up, you know, for business uh, <laughs> constantly. We're, where I live, there's a pot shop on literally every corner. So, Oh, my God. I was just in Massachusetts, and it was like every garbage can in Boston was like, get cannabis delivered. You know, I was like, yeah. damn, it's yeah. they're going harder here than Vegas and L.A. and everywhere else even. This is nuts. Yeah, it's cor- it's a little corny, but I mean, when we were kids, we when we were kids, could we have imagined it would be no, never. Like, you were like thought you were gonna get arrested at it. all times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now to see that is just so weird and mind blowing, um, but yeah. also amazing for sure. So and like you said, it's it's a it's there, it's an industry. It's a new industry to be a part of, you know, and to to collaborate with musically. Whether you're DJing parties, whether you're helping them craft their sonic identity, or working with them in whatever capacity. So um, it's cool to be connected with that. Hell yeah! Um, and I get to make music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get to do what you love and work with a culture that also you come from and love. You know what I mean? And that's usually filled with mostly cool people you know what i mean so yeah um yeah that, that's amazing and so um what about so i know you also um work as the lead curator for united masters and the new beat exchange marketplace um i definitely would love to learn more about that i remember you told me about it a while ago and um, I've been following United Masters for a while, but can you explain what you do there and then what the difference is between the two sites, United Masters and Beat Exchange? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, I came on with them last year. We're um, reaching about a year now. And okay. um, I came on to help launch this new product called the Beat Exchange. Okay. Which is essentially a beats marketplace for producers um, to upload their beats to this marketplace that makes it available to artists all over the world. Got Ideally, it. artists that are already part of the United Masters infrastructure, yeah. which is over a million artists. There's like a 1.5 million artists that are involved in this in this uh, United Masters wow. biz. Crazy. Um, so they are a distribution company um, that distributes records to all the DSPs and all that business. But then the Beat Exchange is kind of this offshoot Um, that is the Beats Marketplace. So it's been super duper exciting working with them. And um, we just did this big activation with Hitboy. So he's kind of come on as like our brand ambassador at the moment. And that's helped bring a lot of people to the site and check it out. But we have have tens of thousands of producers already on platform sharing their beats and selling their beats and reaching artists. And the whole thing is super exciting. And I get to be the one behind the scenes who's seeing all of the beats coming in and helping make sure they go to all the right places and then connect with new artists, bring new artists on board, make sure that everything looks and sounds the right way. And, you know, there's kind of this common thread that uh, where everything, you know, reads and feels a certain way. Like I'm kind of that guy. That's incredible. It's so cool. Yeah. And, And I mean, I know, you know, selling beats online has become this massive thing and there's so many different ways to do it and different, you know, I guess, yeah. uh, processes and like, Oh, I could lease it and do all these different things. Um, yeah, the, the, the idea here is to make it as streamlined and easy as possible where there's like different tiers, like tiers of licenses. You can pick whatever one you want. Okay. You can set the term, you can set the terms for whatever you want. And then, you know, the idea is just to empower producers to feel like they can own their independence and, and connect with artists and, you know, make money. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. And so, and you curate it in the sense of like, you just get to see all of the different beats and different producers that are coming into the, that are submitting. And then you're able to like pick the right ones for the right areas yeah, and, or, uh, and create editorial playlists that are appropriate okay. and, and, you know, move things around and get, you know, make sure everything is, is feeling and bumping in the right way. Right. Right. That's so yeah. cool. How did you um, yeah. end up working with them? Um, it was a referral from a good friend um, who was offered the position, and he he offered it to me, and it was a great fit. And I'm happy to shout him out, DJ J Boogie. Oh Boogie. man, he's the he's the man. <laughs> he's the man. Yeah. So uh, not not enough time to say amount, the amount of good things I have to say about J Boogie. Um, we have a side project called Brother in Arms, which is like a disco R and B in house project, and 
Um, it's been shelved a little bit. He he actually lives in um, in Hawaii now. In, in, oh, he does. Uh, in the Big Island. Yeah, yeah. What? That's so great. Talk about doing the talk about doing the family thing. He took it a little bit further, and now he just surfs all day and, and loves life with his family. So he's, <laughs> what? <laughs> he's killing. What am he's I doing killing. wrong? That's amazing. I need to <laughs> move killing. somewhere. That's crazy. That's so cool. And is he still working in the music tech kind of world or? He's doing some curation as well for a company that does um, home rowers, and they, it's like similar to Peloton. I've seen those, rower, and they, they've they've got music in there, and he's like one of the curators for the those those like rows. Wow, you know what I mean, that's yeah. crazy, and that's like his main I thing, know. and then he gets to live out there and surf. Yeah, other than <laughs> surfing and eating poke, <laughs> what a life! <laughs> um, wow, that's that that. You know the fucking vibes. That goes for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those are the vibes right there. That's that's amazing. Wow. Well, he deserves it. He's put in so much work and um, just you know d- yeah. done so many great things over the years. Yeah, I, I miss the hell out of him. Um, wow, that's so cool. So you, so yeah, I was going to ask you about your guys' group. That sounds like it's shelved. And I mean, the amount of <clears throat> you know people you've worked with like your credits are insane like if people go onto your uh site or whatever like the the amount of people you've worked with the labels the you know and and just the things you've dj'd like i was going through your instagram and seeing these festivals that you get to dj and i feel like that's the cool thing too about putting out such a unique sound that you have is that you get booked for or at least you can say yes to but get booked for the right things that are kind of up your alley and that that you'll enjoy DJing and the people there will enjoy you. Yeah. I, I do get to be more selective and intentional, but the hope is that the, the right people will come to me because they're interested in what I'm doing specifically in this niche sort of sound, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's, I would like to be playing a lot more festivals. I'll tell you that. Right. <laughs> so is that kind of when you get the album out there, is that kind of one of the goals is like to be able to tour it around, play more festivals, maybe perform with some of these artists live? I mean, dude, everything is so different now. Who fucking knows? That is the goal. The goal was, yeah. you know, you used to put out a record and then you would tour to support the record, but everything's just flipped upside down. Who knows? Who knows? Right. That's what I want to do. Yeah, but I'm I you know I'm self represented and all of that right now. So you know, it's it's nothing's going to come to me really unless I go out and get it. That's kind of how I feel at the moment. Right? Have you ever had any uh, sort of representation, whether it's a manager or booking agent or something? Yeah, yeah, I've I've had it all. I'm just I'm just solo these days. Right? Uh, and are you? Do you? I don't know. Is there any pros or cons uh, from having a booking agent manager or not? <sighs> Um, gosh, I don't know. I just kind of hit a, I just kind of hit a wall with, um, my, my agent went to a larger agency and kind of yeah. dropped me. And then, um, okay. uh, my manager I was with for a very long time and I just was kind of at a point where I was like, you know, I feel like a lot of this stuff I can kind of handle on my own and save the 20%. That's just kind of what it came down to. Right. Yeah. That you makes know? sense. I think uh, you kind of know when you need somebody and not, and when it's working out or not. It's just like the energy thing. You got to trust the feeling, (laughs) move in the right way. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't put your energy into somebody that doesn't, uh, I mean, really you need someone that has your back too. You know what I mean? And like you said, having that company um, up in Humboldt that like has your back, whether it's a manager or booking agent or a company like that, or or someone that just believes in you. I think that's the, the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And don't be a dick end of the day. I mean, exactly. You said that as well. Like, just be a good person. You know, being a good human on this earth, I think, is important, especially nowadays with, you know, just so much crazy shit out there. So that could come through, come through with your music and just who you are and like all that stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just carry yourself with positivity and love and don't be a dick. Yes. That's the lesson of the day. And what, um, and so what about, um, faction sound? I know that you were a member of that, um, for 20 plus years. Um, can you speak on that a little bit? Yep. Those are, those are family, man. That's, um, uh, reggae dance hall sound system based in Vancouver, but now with, you know, members kind of spread out a bit. Um, my good, good friend, DJ arms is based in Vancouver. And then he is the founder along with, 
um, some other friends, but also DJ Tanner, who is now based in Los Angeles. Yeah. And then they brought on um, Iron Lion, who's a homie from Miami, who many BeatSource and, you know, 20 listeners will know. Um, and then I was brought on after Iron Lion. So um, I'm not sure how long I've been a member now, but um, yeah, we were, we had our, I think we're 22 years deep now in, in the sound. So Wow. Definitely not, uh, yeah, definitely not newcomers in the dance hall sound system space. Right. And then what about that party that you were, um, partner and resident at, uh, Tormenta Tropical? Yeah. We had a 10 year run in San Francisco. That was with my partner, DJ Oro Onse, um, who has kind of taken a break from all of that as well. He's like, you know, moving in Miami right now and he was in LA and he was kind of coming up to the Bay every month for the party. But that was at a historic venue called the elbow room, which is no longer there in the mission district. Um, it has kind of rebranded, but yeah, we all know the elbow room is no longer. And, um, that was like, that was church, like real talk. Really? And a lot of people, a lot of people can attest to that. So that was just something that people really look forward to every month. And they would, they would leave work early and show up and just be there. You know, we knew that like, we knew that we were connecting with people on a much bigger level than just going out and getting smashed and dancing. Like this was, this was real church for people. So for me and all of our friends and you know, this was, this was something that was like really special every month. And uh, we, you know, brought people from all over the world everybody you can think of has played there. Um, I was a resident maybe half of the time, like maybe five out of the 10 years, but um, the original members were Oro Onse and then Sean Reynaldo, who at the time was um, Disco Sean. But a lot of people know Sean Reynaldo as well. He's like a really renowned writer for um, all the music magazines and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, so Tormenta is no more, but the energy lives on. And I got to big up the mission in the Bay area for, for supporting us in that. It was so, so special and like a part of my life I will never forget. And, um, we went on and we did culture clash in, um, the Red Bull culture clash in 2014. And we've taken the party on the road and you know, it's like I said, it's a part of my life. It's like helped, helped breed, you know, right. Type of artist, artist in person that I am. Yeah. That's dope. Were you, um, and you stream on Twitch as well, right? Periodically. It's, it's rare. Okay. I know we were talking about it earlier and I was like, I, I was so heavy on there for a while. And then I turned off the notifications recently. And that was what was getting me to go back on. I was like, I need a break for a minute. Yeah. But, um, I did the same. I did but the I same try to watch time. everybody, but the, yeah, the notifications were just like killing me. It was too much. It's too much. It's um, too much. but I got, you know, but then I feel like I'm missing out. Um, so I, I want to see, you know, what's going on, but that's yeah. what I was wondering. Like I hadn't seen you on Twitch very much, but I know you're, you were saying that you've been on there what kind of stuff were you doing on there um i was mostly doing guest shows for other people oh okay um so you were set up to stream on other people's pages and stuff yeah i i never quite built up my channel but i did i did get my affiliate and started you know started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with all of that (laughs) yeah but i never i never um i never got my schedule cracking and i think that if we had experienced lockdown in a more you know, lengthy way. Not that it wasn't plenty long, but like, I, I think I could have gotten more involved, but I honestly just have too many other projects going on. And it's one of those things right. that I think I can just hop on Twitch, but we all know that that's not the case. And then I end up organizing music and I'm getting my Twitch ready. And then there's some technical shit and it's like three hours later, kids are, <laughs> kids are crying. I got a DJ, it's 10 o'clock. And, oh, and then it's super loud. The, the yeah. amount of things that it takes for me to do it just didn't, that makes sense. I know Twitch. Twitch for parents is way harder. <laughs> like that's what I noticed. <laughs> I'm like, you really yeah. got to plan this shit out. And then you come out of the room, Amen. your kids like, "What are you doing in there?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it. I'm talking to people on totally. the internet." <laughs> well, and then I end up drinking, and it's like, you yeah, know, midnight on a Tuesday, and I'm like all fired up from DJing, and then I'm like drunk <laughs> by myself. <laughs> yes, uh, I know. I did even that like my kid helped me with doing these zoom things for his school. We would DJ and the music was all loud and then we le- and then we just turned it off and he's like, it sounds so weird. It's so quiet in here. I'm like, that's like what being a DJ is all about. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> you welcome. go from a crazy experience to like, it's so quiet in here. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's, that's Twitch at home. 
Yes. Yeah. I know. I feel you. I was like, I can't drink on here anymore. Like you're com- you're coming. I mean, we we're in the pandemic, so it felt like nothing mattered at the time. But so, same thing. <laughs> you would come out like, why did I just do that? <laughs> I took why three I shots. <laughs> I mean, I just you're with, all, you're with you're with all your friends, but then all your friends are gone, and they're gone it, with a click of a button. You just <laughs> raided them out to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then I you're know. eating peanut butter out of a jar. Oh, many, many a night. I'm looking in the fridge like, what is this? How old is this? Yeah, my, um, I know. I saw, I've, I've actually the past two days been with a bunch of DJs because there was this big uh, scam summer summit thing in LA. Oh, yeah. Like every oh, yeah. DJ on earth was here. And um, it was interesting. I was at dinner with some and some people, I won't name names, but like we're, are sober now, you know, and partially from drinking so much on Twitch. <laughs> like, no way. yes, like, wow. I, they were like, yeah, I'm sober. I'm like, good. I've seen you on there, like downing bottles. But I think, you know, <laughs> it could get out of hand. I know a few people that got too crazy from doing that because it's almost like DJing every night in a club, but you're DJing every night in your house and then you feel like you have to drink. I was like, just put water I, and tell them it's vodka. Why do you really have to drink? For sure. I would not have expected that. I mean, I'm, I'm super down with the whole sober thing like that. I really connect with that. And obviously oh, yeah. a, a lot of DJs in our, in our world are doing that. And I think it's incredible and awesome. And I support everybody doing that. Yeah, I just wouldn't have expected to hear that Twitch was the reason. That was the, the reason. That's a few people I was talking to over the past couple of days. I was like, damn, <laughs> Twitch making people yep. alcoholics. There you go. <laughs> Everyone in the chat, like, take that shot. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I just like yesterday I went to a party with uh, Four Color Zach, DJ Puffy, Jay Espinoza, Miles Medina, and Arcade all DJing. Just one party. It's like five. Shot, 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 shot. shot. <laughs> yeah, but just five of the dopest DJs like on the planet Earth, like all just DJing yesterday together. You know, it was just like so cool yes. to see it. Yes, yes. That is pure fire in a bottle. Pure fire. Just incredible. Like, and just, you know, it was cool being, being around that and definitely inspirational being around all these DJs and uh, watching. And that's them. what I'm, that's what I miss being here where I'm at. It's like, I can't just, I can't go out and get that energy when right. I want it. It's, that's the beauty it's, of Twitch. I guess you could go on there, but yeah, but being in person and being around them, but it is a lot of just drinking and saying no to shots and like stuff like that. It was like 4 PM. I'm like, yo, like, and people are like, we're blacking out. I'm like, I'm going to the Dodger game in an hour, like with my kid and wife. So right. you'll, you can black out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hopefully I'll see you tonight. But right. Yeah. And I ended up going back to, they had a party at night last night. So we were there till two in the morning. It was like exactly what you said, Tuesday night out till two in the morning, everybody drinking. There you go. And, uh, there you go. Yeah. Spoonful of peanut butter. Uh, yeah. Luckily I didn't drink. I drove. So I was like, I'm going to be all right. I ended up playing this game. There was like this weird game where these sticks drop from this thing and you try to catch it. And I was like, <laughs> that's all I did for the past hour. So dad life. I'm the, I'm the not, <laughs> not taking the shots. But, um, yeah, so, um, I guess a couple other questions. Um, so I know like you're so close, you know, uh, like to dance hall culture and, and all that stuff. Like, how did that start? Like, like, where did your love for that? Or do you have any like family connections to like Caribbean stuff or like, you know, where did your love for that type of music and that culture come from? It's hard to pinpoint. Um, other than I really, really liked reggae as a kid. My dad would okay. like do his exercises in the living room, like bumping Bob Marley all the time. Amazing. So for some reason of all the, you know, he played lots of other music, but for some reason that was like the thing that just clicked for me the most. Yeah. So that one drop rhythm was just like, it, it just hit me in my soul. So like I said, I was into lots of music, but that stuck with me. So when I became a DJ, it was kind of a decision of like, Oh, where should I go with this? At the time I'll distinctly remember, um, my girlfriend at the time, she was like, you got to do two, you, you can do one of two things. You can either play dance hall or you can play booty bass, <laughs> <laughs> but not both. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know why. I just like always remember that. So I ended up playing both. I got like booty bass records and dance. Hall records. <laughs> You're like, I'll Enjoyed show you playing both. That's funny. <laughs> um, but that, 
I got really into um, a little bit more of the spiritual side of like Rasta and roots reggae consciousness for um, many years. And, you know, obviously that's part of me as well still because it's such deep kind of meditative stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was like roots reggae um, was kind of something that I played like the most. And then um, for a number of years, and then that kind of escalated more into like, well, I really like dancing and I like, you know, DJing for people that want to dance. And like the roots is just, doesn't always hit in that way. So dance hall be kind of, kind of became like the way that I would express myself like right. for a dance floor audience. Yeah. And I was thankful. I was thankful to have like weeklies where I lived, where I could test out records all the time. And yeah, you know, that, that kind of morphed into all these other genres as well. But like dance hall always stuck with me and, and always will. And if I could choose one genre to play, that would still be it, you know? Right. Yeah. That's dope. And do you have any advice for DJs out there? Like, that are trying to find their sound or fall into like their lane or something, you know, because you, you're, you seem good at, at kind of knowing where your energy is going, but also knowing what you want to put your time and effort into. Um, how do you yeah. find that, you know, or do you have any advice to DJs out there that want to find that and producers and stuff? Just, uh, it would just be to not, not force it. Like if some, if you're playing a genre of music, then something doesn't feel right about it. It's probably not, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you shouldn't you shouldn't put all your eggs into a basket that you're not quite sure right. is going to work for you. So, if you're playing electro house and you're like, eh, I don't really dig this, but like this is what the bar manager wants to hear, or whatever. It's like go find a new club, go find a spot where you can play what you actually want to play because yeah. we all know that this that there's music that you like more than this, right? You know, so find the place where you can play the music that you want to play, and if it doesn't exist, make that party exist. I'm sure that that's yes. come up plenty of times in this in this show where people are like, if you can't find what you're looking for, make that shit happen on your own, because that's only going to, you know, it's going to help you feel um, like you're doing your authentic music of choice. And then it'll turn people on and all that will bubble. And you'll just next thing you'll know, you'll have a whole vibe and a whole scene built on the music that you actually love versus the music that you're getting paid to play. So true. I think that's, that's great advice. And that's what I've been telling people lately too, is that, you know, number one, go to the places and be around the people that you want to be around and be part of and, and DJ with and produce with, or, you know, whatever you, you want to do as well as make it happen and do your own party. I mean, those are the parties that are, that are popping right now is people that are just creating their own party and making it happen. And that's a better way to go on tour as a DJ at this point is to tour around with your party um, yeah. and a specific vibe and a specific theme rather than just like, look at me, I am the king of the world, you know, type of DJ thing. Um, yeah. and, and don't ask, don't ask for permission. Don't look yeah. for, don't look for approval or seek this like magic sort of approval that you're doing the right thing. Like if you believe in something, just fucking go after it and you'd be surprised. Like people will follow if they dig it. And if, you know, that'll just go from there. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. Um, I had, um, DJ Synapse write in uh, about something, but um, he actually told me to ask you off uh, air. <laughs> so if this ends up being weird, I can cut it out. But he told me to ask you about DJing for Most Def Dela and Doom. Is there something weird going on there? Or Most Def Dela and Doom. And he said oh. something about like that was you were going to play vinyl and you weren't able to play it. Okay. Yeah, we. This was. Um, you don't w want to tell the story. It's fine, but it no, was... it's it's totally PG. Okay. Um, <laughs> WMC Miami, like two thousand two. I want to say. Okay. So we're, we're looking at twenty years ago. We're looking at pre Serato, pre yep. uh, USB stick. Me and uh, me and DJ Synapse had the same manager, our good homie Jesse Roman, um, who we're both still friends with, and um, he put us at this club called Mansion. On, in South Beach, oh, right yeah. on the street. I played there. It was one of my. It was my first uh, Miami gig and one of my craziest <laughs> to this day. Yeah. So I mean, this this is vinyl era is the point we're trying to make. Yes. Um, but Synapse was already ahead of me in the like, you know, have your shit backed up for whatever situation, and I was okay. uh, apparently more of a purist for whatever reason. Well, two thousand two, there was no backup at that point. 
Yeah, except for DJ Synapse, who came with CDs, which is probably why he wants me to tell this story because he <laughs> looks really good in it, and I look like shit. So we, so we go to we're we're booked for this show during Winter Music Conference, opening for Most Def, MF Doom, and who whoever else I forget. Who's uh, Most Def De La and MF Doom. Come on, ultimate um, show. And, you know, <laughs> right? And the, well, there's very few hip hop shows during Winter Music Conference. Yeah, so this was like this was like the one. Um, and then it was like DJ Synapse and DJ Theory. So we roll into Mansion. Um, I had shorts on. They wouldn't let me in because of that. I <laughs> already, that too. already yep. strike. Already killing it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they had no turntables. They only had CDs. And Synapse is like, I'm your guy. But uh, I didn't get to play. <laughs> so you never <laughs> DJ all the way. Didn't get to play. No, no, no. They, they, they're like, oh, I think we got some in like the storage room. But they're all, they're all like dusty. They have cobwebs on them. You don't want to play on those. And I was like, No, I do. Like, go, go get them. <laughs> That's crazy. And that's 2002. I mean, that's like, a yeah. you know, that's 20 years ago. Like, for real, that's crazy that that even then they have the cobwebs. Now I'm afraid to ask for turntables because they have the super cobwebs, but <laughs> super cobwebs. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, well, um, where, uh, you know, I know we both got to get out of here uh, for our family, family reasons. But um, where can people check out you know all your music all your stuff everything that we've discussed today where can people find you in your social media yeah um social media is d-e-e-j-a-y theory t-h-e-o-r-y okay you can find me there um trying to figure out what to do with the edits because i'm sitting on all this stuff i've had some feedback from friends who are really recommending patreon right um i've noticed patreon seems like the 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 place everybody is going. My only thought is that sometimes I feel like the people that subscribe, I wonder how demanding they are. Like what output you need to um, have. That's my main. That's my main hang up right now because I don't know if I can commit to giving X amount of things right. every month, and, and I don't know if there's a way to work around that. Where you're like, oh, I'm taking two months off, and then I'm going to come back with twenty more edits. Like, right. I, I wonder I too. Like works. Nick Bike kills it. You know, but it seems like his full time job, you know, like he's but he treats yes. it like I mean, he, it's um, it's amazing he, what he does with that, you know, and other people yeah. have been doing it too. trays. And I've been seeing a lot of people go. I saw eccentric just got his band camp taken down and he's heading over yep. to Patreon. I, yep. I just worry that all the DJs are going to go over and then they're going to shut all the <laughs> Patreons down. Well, the other the other thing is, pe- you know, people that follow all of us might not have ten bucks for all of us every month. You know what I mean? Like, right? They might not they might not be used to doing that. Where they're like, oh shit! I suddenly am like paying seventy dollars a month for DJ edits from these people. <laughs> I know that's why. Yeah, it, it's tough. There's no right answer, but I think, like you said, don't ask for permission. Just make it happen, and whatever <laughs> you can always yeah. fix it later. You know, but well, but I, yeah, I don't want to let people down either. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I think it's just like life. It's all about expectations. If you set it up the right way and you're like, look, this is what you're getting. Make it a dollar a month. (laughs) No, I mean, look, I would pay for your edits and I've happily paid. I think I've given Four Colors Zach and a bunch of other DJs $5 every single month since the beginning of the pandemic and just forget about it because I subscribe on their Twitch and I just am like, I love these people. They help me. I'm giving them the money. Um, yeah. but yeah, I feel you, you got to find the right place for your edits and stuff. Yeah. My, my band camp's still active. I guess they're taking a lot of people down, but mine's right. still, still, still going. So that seems like the logical place to put up a bunch of this shit. I'm, I've really like, I'm sitting on dozens that are, are definitely heaters ready to go. Crazy. Well, so. um, you know, go to your band so people can get them on band camp, the ones that are out and then the other ones yeah. you, you shall figure out. Yeah. I'm not hard to find. Main thing is D-E-E-J-A-Y, not just letter DJ. Right. Main thing. I know. I saw you writing the thing. Like, when did you change your name? (laughs) About yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Did I spell it wrong? Oh, because I put it wrong in the thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I was typing fast. (laughs) It's okay. We're all busy. I was, uh, I know, I was like, oh, is he saying that because I wrote DJ, like not D E E? Well, mine spelled out like on on Instagram, I'm DJ Spider, DJ S P I D E R, and then on Twitter, I'm D E E J A Y. So I just yep. look at it all the same. It's all melting pot. Where do you of, think I got my spelling from? <laughs> got it from my uh, my Twitter. From Twitter, <laughs> nice, um, uh, amazing, amazing. Well, um, yeah. So, and do you have any kind of 
last words for the DJs out there listening. You know, I feel like you've, you've said so many good insightful things that uh, people can take away from this. So if you, if you have anything else to leave us with, that would be appreciated. Um, you got this. Stay focused. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I, I, I don't like to, you know, say, you know, don't listen to the haters, but it's cause I don't believe in like haters, but right. Kind of going back to what I was saying a few minutes ago, it's like, just believe in yourself, believe in your vision, whatever it is that you've got inside you that you need to get out, get that shit out. Don't wait for permission. Don't look for validation from your parents or outside people or fucking the internet. Yeah. Really just be you and do you and, and stay authentic and you will win. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. Um, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for everything you do with the edits and just every, you know, all the work you put into the DJ culture and music culture. And um, I'm going to definitely check out Beat Exchange, United Masters more and yep. original Ting. I can't wait. You know, I definitely would cop one of those sweatshirts and whatever you put yep. out. And um, if any if any homies make beats that are burning a hole in their hard drive and they like to get it up on the beat exchange, definitely give me a holler and I'll help get you set up. Oh, OK. That's incredible. It's so good to know. And so what can people do? Just hit you up and send you kind of like a folder of beats and you'll help guide them what to do with it or. No, they'll, they'll have to, you know, set up their profile and, and upload the beats themselves. But um, particularly like homies that I know are making good music and they're pre vetted like. You know, sometimes it helps to have a friend in the industry. So yeah. it's like I can help make sure that the beats get into the right playlist and give you some extra shine because it's all about lifting the homies up. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Thank you. And, and are people making like <clears throat> pretty good money on there from that stuff? Or like how how's that can. business side of things going? They certainly can. I mean, there's like I said, there's different tiers. So you can price something really cheap in like a non-exclusive way where anybody can use it for their project or you right. can do it exclusively to one person where kind of you sell a lease to one person and they can use it for their project or you can do like a buyout where somebody will buy it out completely and then they own the master oh okay that's dope yep. amazing um, so yeah if you make dope shit and give it a nice price and and you're okay like not kicking up on it right away but you can see the long game like there's definitely money to be made and you know, any, any opportunity to put money in a producer's pocket that wouldn't already get it. It's like, it's hard out there, you know? Right. And if you're distributed by United masters, then they track down who ends up using it and stuff like that later. Sure. I mean, it's easier. You're already in the infrastructure. It's right. easier to just distribute right through them and get the record out. And then, um, you know, there's sync opportunities and stuff like that as well. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Dope. All right. Well, yo, DJ Theory, thank you so much. Enjoy your fam time. I can't wait to hear the heat edits you're sitting on, and especially the album. Sounds, you know, the concept is incredible. I know you're going to pull it off. And uh, thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you, brother. It's been great. All right. Blessings. Peace. Peace. All right, huge thank you to DJ Theory for coming on the show. So glad I got to connect with him virtually, East to West Coast connection. Um, such an amazing, just human being. I feel like a lot of the advice and a lot of the things he talked about just shows how how great of a person he is, which then translates to his music and all the things he does and all the things he's putting out to the world. And uh, he's just a, he's a man of the people. He's a man of the culture, and he's a great dude and a great producer and DJ and all around that so so happy got to have him on the show got to you know introduce him to you guys you guys got to learn more about him the 20 podcast is produced by beat source join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to djs i'm dj spider signing off peace And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.